Aye, aye. Howdy. How is, uh, how's the great state of Florida? Oh, dude, 72 degrees here. Everyone go check. Everyone follow me automatic. Go in on Instagram. I uh, just posted a nice little story of the sunset from yesterday. Beautiful. For our followers that didn't know, Austin is in Florida for the next month, all of February, basically. Yep. I came down here safe. I drove. Not a super spreader. Uh, I drove down. It was 20 hours and one day. Missed out on a whole Saturday of college basketball, which was good because, as we'll get into, I did not do too well on the betting side of things. So uh, that was great. But yeah, now I'm here in Florida um, and it's uh, happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely. For anyone that's new to us, uh, he's Austin. I'm Austin. This is Two Guys, One Book. Um, your podcast for everything sports and everything sports betting. Now we have a we have a big weekend ahead of us. Ooh, baby! And you're you're in Florida. Um, we'll specify that's not Tampa. Unfortunately, it's not Tampa. Close um, though. So Close. You, are, will you be traveling to Tampa nearby or? I was thinking play? about it. Um, I was thinking about it, but you know, I'm going to defer to the healthcare workers and let them have their uh, time in the sun there and, and enjoy the and enjoy the game. So I'm I'm staying here. I'll be watching it on like a uh, 20 inch screen. We don't have much of a TV here, so. It's gonna, and I'll be streaming. I'll be delayed, so nobody, nobody tweet me. At I'll, me I'll be sure not to text you uh, in in real time, so you everything that happens, you can see it for yourself. But yeah. anyway, we yeah. have a huge weekend. I mean, you know, to use the term, it is our Super Bowl. It is literally our Super Bowl for sports betting. Um, this weekend, the Chiefs versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Chiefs are three and a half point favorites to open up. The overall line is uh, 55 and a half points for the over and the under. And um, there's a couple um, MVP candidates. One who's in, actually, it's a, not a positive number. And then everyone else in, in the positive in terms of betting. Um, there's multiple props that we will get to. Um, Many. In terms of, I mean, just for myself, we have uh, what type of Gatorade color, the length of the national anthem, what the last play of the game will be, and how many TikToks Jackson Mahomes will make during the game. Um, <laughs> so, you know, why don't why don't we start it off? Well, initially the the Bucks versus the Chiefs, you know, when you're looking at the game, what are you most excited for in terms of the overall aspect of the game before we decide where we're going to put our money? Yeah, sure. So I, I kind of mentioned this last week. Um, I think it's one of the best matchups you could have this season, um, just in terms of storylines, the kind of the, the young buck, the uh, the goats, so to speak, of our generation, or at least predicted to be, and against against the the guy who's who's been established, you know, as as one of the best of all time for the last twenty years. So I think it's a great storyline there. Um, I think these two teams are the hottest teams right now in the. In the league, so I think they both deserve to be here. You know, there was no gimmicks or anything in the playoffs. I think they both won their games um, in the right fashion, and I think it's going to be a really good game. I, uh, I I made a lot of money on the Chiefs last year, so I'm going to be riding them heavy again. You know, history repeats itself, hopefully. Um, but yeah, that that's kind of the the overlying storyline. I know I know you haven't heard that thunderstorms are in store. It has been raining a bit here. I'm about two hours south. Um, but it's nice today, but I think it might, I think it might rain again on Sunday. We'll get into if that affects our betting at all, but what are you, what are you looking at well, for the game? It, it bewilders me that these meteorologists are all looking at the same data and some say 30%, some say 50%, some say 70%. It's like, you guys must be real shitty at your job. If you're all looking at the same data and yeah, you a real dad. Well, you know what? I'm, I got a bone to pick, you know, it's, <laughs> basically when you wake up on Sunday morning and you're looking at your fantasy lineup and you got a bunch of players that are questionable and there right. you, you have no idea what what that means until it's 12:05 and the the ball's kicked and you know two of your starting players are, are sitting on the bench regardless I digress but those um, didn't do well this year in fantasy no it's it's always a it's always a tough year unfortunately <laughs> rip um, but anyway uh, thunderstorms are predicted for Sunday 
afternoon, which, you know, we'll, I'll talk about the over and the under and, you know, what that will most likely entail. Um, but before, you know, we really get into that, I'm just excited that, you know, you talk about this passing of the torch of this, you know, n- old, old watch and new guard and everything like that. And I was really contemplating this and how I've just absolutely hated and rooted against Tom Brady in every single big game that he's had as a New England Patriot. And all he has to do is now change teams. And now even, even beating my Green Bay Packers, I am, I, I feel that it is more acceptable to root for him just to prevent the dynasty of the Chiefs from happening. Everyone would root against Tom Brady and the Patriots because they were an established dynasty. And what we have in Kansas City is a dynasty ready to erupt. And, you know, we, we, we don't like that. We don't like when things are constantly the same. We like change. Um, you brought up the point of history repeating itself, and it is extremely hard. It is extremely difficult. Um, I think there's only been a handful of... Uh, teams to win the Super Bowl back to back, most notably Tom Brady and the Patriots in I think oh three and oh four. Um, so it is extremely difficult to do, um, and you know, it is going to be a, it's going to be a really really good game. A lot of these recent Super Bowls, um, you know the there was the Patriots and the Rams, and then last year the Chiefs and the the Forty Niners. I, I really couldn't get into it. This year, I'm truly excited for the game and what's okay. what's going to happen and everything like that. Um, which brings us to our first question before we hit the bets. Would the loser of this Super Bowl be considered one of the best teams to lose to lose a Super Bowl? Yeah, so I I, I mean, I, I've heard this too. I, I don't really think so. I think, uh, I mean, the Bucks first off, they're a five seed. They didn't even win their division. I think, that, you know, they've been, it's been close every game and, They've, they've won them outright, and, they, and it, like I said, haven't been any gimmicks, but they haven't dominated. And the Chiefs haven't covered. That was like the storyline of the second half of the season. They didn't cover for like nine, ten straight games until they finally did look pretty good last week. So I don't think that, you know, this is these are, you know, two of the best teams we've ever seen in a Super Bowl matchup. Um, in terms of most memorable losers, I'm an Atlanta Falcons guy. The 2016 Atlanta Falcons team was a wagon. I mean, I looked it up. We won 36-20 to 20 against Seattle. 44 to 21 against Green Bay in the conference championship. And then we were up 28 to three in the Super Bowl. So, like, that offense was an absolute wagon. Um, so, I think they're one of the best teams. The Pats, 18 and 0 team that lost to the Giants. Yep, like, I had them, the 07, the 07 Pats. There's some really good, memorable losers. I wouldn't necessarily say, you know, the Chiefs are kind of a budding dynasty. So, I think people kind of give them the benefit of the doubt, but they haven't looked great all season, really, to the form that they looked like last year. So, right. I wouldn't go so that this would be the, one of the best teams ever to lose, you know, whoever ends up losing. And I think from that aspect, it's not really like if a team were, you know, going back to the 07 Patriots, it was, I think the 07 Patriots were favored by at least a touchdown. Right. And, you know, we don't have that here where, you know, it's not expected to be lopsided. It's not expected to be some blowout of a game. You know, it is expected to be relatively close. And if it were to go one way or the other, you know, people wouldn't be necessarily surprised. Um, so with that, why don't we take it in to our first segment of, you know, who do you have in this, you know, when it comes down to it, player props and over under aside, you know, yep. bucks plus three and a half or chiefs minus three and a half. Who do you, who are you picking? So especially with a crazy game like this, when there's so many props that you want to bet and, and you kind of get lost in the sauce there, I like to build out a story. That's kind of how I attack the Super Bowl and, and kind of how do I see the game playing out in my head. And that's how I then go about the, the player props, the crazy props, and try and bet towards that. So, the, you know, initially you've got to decide what, what you think is going to happen. I think the Chiefs are, are going to win by 7 to 10 points. Um, I think they're going to go out to an early lead. Brady's going to keep it close, maybe get a couple a couple scores at the end of the first half, beginning of second half. One of those, like, is he going to come back again kind of stories. And then I think the Chiefs get it together, score maybe the last two possessions, and they win by, you know, seven to ten points. So that's what I'm thinking. I think it'll be high scoring. The thunderstorms, everything, it doesn't matter to me. You cannot bet unders in Super Bowls. I, it's like one of the, like, think back to that Rams-Pats game, 17-3. That was like one of the most disappointing things of the year. Like, it's so boring to watch low-scoring Super Bowls. So I have to bet that over. I got the first half over at 28, and I have Chiefs at uh, minus 3.5. 
Okay, awesome. So, uh, you know, we've already seen a lot of big bets be placed this week. Um, I yep. follow. Yep. I follow. Uh, you know what William Hill and a bunch of the other sports books put out um, this week, and I have to say, I am riding with Mattress Mac, the mattress <laughs> king of the South. Um, he put a three and a half million dollar bet on the Bucks plus three and, on the Bucks plus three and a half. I have to say that I, you just can't bet Tom Brady as an un, as as a dog when he is an underdog. He performs extremely well. He he just proves everyone wrong, and I, that was the whole point of him coming to Tampa Bay, was to prove that he was still an elite quarterback, and that right. he still had something in the tank. By no and means... It was, him, it was him and not the Pats, you know? Everyone, right. Everyone says, like, you know, he was, yeah, all these stats of, you know, betting against a dog, it's, it is with the Patriots, but he, he's trying to He's not a system quarterback, it. and it wasn't all yeah. just Bill Belichick and that... Um, right. Not to say, not to try to, you know... Uh, discredit Bruce Arians and his staff for anything that they did. But on a comparative level, I have to give Bill Belichick the, the, right, the check right, mark right. there. Um, by no means, I'm going to go against you here. By no means do I think that this is going to be a high-scoring game. I, I, we have it. In oh, our, you're the Grinch. We have it in our motto that life is too short to bet the under. I, am comp- I stand by that, but I think that in the Super Bowl that the defenses are – you know, they're not going to want to give up the big plays, you know, so those throws down the field by Brady and Mahomes of, you know, 30, 40 plus yards that, you know, those aren't going to be there. The uh, Buccaneers secondary is going to do everything in their power to take Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill off the board. Um, All teams do, though, and they can't succeed. So, I mean, I mean, we'll see. So I, I have the under, um, I want to point out that the that the over under in the last ten Super Bowls is five and five, so I mean it's it's pretty cl- it's it's, tight. it's pretty close. Um, I have to go with the Bucks because um, in the last sixteen Super Bowls, the teams that are wearing white are thirteen and three straight up, and the Bucks will be wearing white. Um, so don't be don't be surprised if if the Buccaneers win outright. Um, so just a just a just a little anecdote there. I, I I knew that stat about the wearing white and thought you know the Chiefs are wearing red that's interesting I think they look better in the red but then I kind of got thinking I was like wait what are the Chiefs away uniforms uh, I couldn't remember if they did all whites white and red whatever but they, they end up doing white on the top red on the bottom but I think and I started thinking about this all whites for the Chiefs would be so sick I mean that could be one of the best uniforms in the league as if like they went a all white like a color rush or you know like one of those Thursday all whites, night but they've got enough red accent on the numbers okay and hand like but um I, I mean I so just if Chief PR is listening here yeah by no ahead, means this isn't this isn't uh Prada we have no we have very limited fashion uh, at least at least I do you you definitely are more advanced than I am in the oh, yeah, fashion I'm a New York department. City guy so yeah, um I, I I give him credit on that but um I think a sneaky pick here it, you know whether when you want to pick your MVP for the game, it it has to be a quarterback. In my mind, yeah. it has to be a quarterback. I don't really see it going to anyone else. Obviously, the game can be dictated, you know, any way that you want and stuff like that. But if the Buccaneers win, Tom Brady's going to get it. If the Chiefs win, Patrick Mahomes is going to get it. Um, so you know, based on who you're betting, you know, maybe if you want to hedge. Your bet, and you you want to bet on one team, but then bet on the opposing quarterback for the the MVP. I think that would be a great investment. Um, yeah, and then to add on to that, I, I do I do agree. Like if the Bucks win, I think Brady has to win it. I think you're, and and so that would be more in line with you. Think you know if you're going to bet the Bucks, maybe also throw in a Tom Brady. But like with the Chiefs, I, I, there is a potential. You know, Kelsey or Hill could have, but just a massive game, just because those are such big targets that go off. Whereas on the Bucks, like I think he spreads it around so much. Brady does that. It would ultimately always be Brady that would win the MVP, you know. But if Hill yeah. has like 200 yards and three tutties, like he'll probably win the MVP. So I think it's more likely on the Buck side you get a quarterback. I think the Chiefs it's wide open. So I'm staying away from MVP props. Okay. Well, so going off of that, what are some of the player props that you're uh, interested in this weekend? What players are you looking, uh, predicting will have you know some breakout games, or you sure. know who is not going to perform? Yes, I think total I've got 22 
uh, football props, and then I've got uh, five. I put them under the random category, but we'll, the we'll miscellaneous. We'll to the yeah, to the to the players in terms of players. Like I said, I'm building around that story. So I think I think Kelsey is going to have a lot of targets. Um, I think I have him at over seven and a half receptions parlayed with the Chiefs spread. So that's how I got that kind of low number. Um, and then I've got Gronk four plus receptions. That's plus money right now. So all he has to get is four receptions. I think Brady in the Super Bowl and things are tight. He's going to mm-hmm. find his old reliable the, target. It's a security blanket. One of the one of the props I found was interesting. It's a head to head matchup: Tom Brady versus Travis Kelsey. Who has more rushing yards? I I looked it up. Kelsey has zero rush because I was like, that can't be right. Kelsey has never ran the ball this season. And if Brady gets one QB sneak, which has happened, I think like four or five times this season. Uh, he gets the rushing yard, and we get that. It's even I'd, money. I'd be careful with that because if there's a quarterback kneel at any point, that's a good point. There, then, good point. then there's I negative yards, and Kelsey I wouldn't, about that. Kelsey wouldn't have to run the ball at all. I mean, so this, and this will this will blend in because I'm predicting that the last play of the game will be a quarterback kneel. Okay, and, I I went the opposite. I said no quarterback kneel. Okay, but that's because it's that's because it's plus one sixty, and I just thought that was good value. It also goes with my story. Like I was saying, I think Tampa Bay is going to have the ball at the end, probably down seven or eight or ten points, and they're going to want to score. So I'm just hoping for that scenario where they're not obviously going to kneel. Okay. Um, well, going to that point though, say the say for example, I mean, I, obviously this is a hypothetical. Say the Chiefs right. say the Chiefs are up by ten with you know two and a half three minutes remaining. Tom Brady marches down the field. They score, and since it's ten, you know they just want to go and kick the extra point or whatever. But you know, I they might onside kick it or you know something like that that would potentially right. lead for Patrick Mahomes to to kneel and to, yeah. to ice the game. Yeah, I know, I know, I, and 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 it makes sense that that's why it's minus money, right? I think there it's 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 more. It's minus, yeah, it's minus one eighty. But I, I, I just thought the plus 160 was good value. But, um, yeah, I mean, I've got a bunch of other uh, – Mahomes completions was at over 27.5. So I, mm-hmm. uh, I think he's going to air it out, especially early. I've got his longest completion at 41.5 yards. I think I think there's always a big player, too, especially in the playoff games where he where he throws a bomb. Or, I mean, even he, he could throw a slant to Tyree Kill yeah. that could go for 42 yards. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a that's a great pick. Um, and then I've got a couple other not player props, but I'd like to hear yours first. Well, so yeah, I do not have. I definitely went more on the miscellaneous side than on yep. on the player prop side. Um, I have Tyreek Hill under ninety four and a half yards. I think that the Buccaneers are going to just do you know what they did with Devontae Adams. You know yep. where they yep. basically said, and they put their mortgage on it. We want you to beat us with someone else. Just. Don't have it be Tyreek Hill, you know. And that's Brady. Else. That's Brady and the Pats' motto is like take your take your best player away from from the strategy. So I, I could see that happening for sure. So I think that to your point, Travis Kelsey is going to have a huge game. I think Sammy Watkins and Nicole Hardman are going to have great games. Okay. I think Tyreek Hill is going to be taken out of the game. I'm going to do some more research on Nicole Hardman because he's a phenomenal punt returner. So if there's any props in terms of all-purpose yards for Nicole Hardman, I would absolutely hammer that. Because One thing one thing I caution my viewers is, uh, is, is with Tyreek Hill, it's so stressful betting the under on his receiving yards because all of his plays are 40, 50 yard bombs. So it's like, it's like you think you have it and then one play in the second half and boom, you're, you're hit, you've hit the over receiving yards now. So if you're into that stress, I mean, you're going to have to watch every single play because it can happen like that. Um, I also have, I'm with you, Gronk over uh, 30 and a half res, uh, receiving yards. I think Gronk's going to be there. They might not be huge chunk plays, but you know, when he, when yep. Brady's looking for something eight to 12 yards down the field, Gronk's there. I think he'll be a, a great target for Tom during the Super Bowl. And I'm still trying to find this prop. I'm, I created it myself. I think Chris Godwin drops over one and a half. Okay. I like that. I like that. Chris he's Godwin, had so- he's had seven so far this postseason. And I think. Uh, three or four of them came two weeks ago against the Packers. Granted, it was colder weather, but if we're going to throw some rain in, I, yeah. I, he's going to drop, I'm, I say, over one and a half. Um, and, uh, yeah, and, and one thing I just want to mention, I no trust in the kickers in this game. Harrison Bucker has been historically awful in the playoffs in the last couple of weeks. So I've got uh, a doink 
uh, I'm trying to find what the plus was. I think it's like plus 300 that uh, any kick doinks off a, off an upright. It can still go in, but as long as it hits. Any field then, goal or any field goal and extra both, point? Both. both. doesn't matter. Very any interesting. Kick. Any kick. And then I've also got just extra point miss at plus 205. So I'm hoping for, I love I'm that hoping value. for a missed field goal. Obviously, it would be additional if it just doinks and misses. I win both. Um, so no trust in the kickers this yeah. week. No, I, abs- I absolutely love that. Um, why don't we transition to more of like our miscellaneous um, yep. prop section? Um, you know, what, what were some that you, you selected and you are, you're really looking forward to? So I know, we'll, I know, I think we both agree on Gatorade being red or pink with yep. both teams bad. Um, so that's plus 175. I like the value there. For a historical uh, sense, uh, last year it was orange and yep. the color has never repeated. And in the last 10 years, red has never been a color. So Correct. So, and if you want to play devil's advocate, I think three out of the last 16 times the winner uh, it was not their team color, but this year I, you, you, they can't really predict that. This year it's um, you know they're both red, so I think I think that'll help. Um, MVP speech, I got them thanking God first. That's plus one seventy five. That's a classic. <laughs> got it. Got to hammer that. Um, and then national on, national anthem, we're hammering the under. I want a quick national anthem in and out, especially if it's going to be raining. They're going to be quick. Um, so I think the over under right now is one hundred twenty seconds. So I, I'm taking that. Uh, so. I, I've got, I've done a lot of the research on the national anthem here. It is currently at one fifty nine, or a minute. Okay. Excuse me, a minute and fifty nine seconds. So right, right, one hundred right. and nineteen seconds. The right. under has hit eleven of the last thirteen Super Bowls, and Jasmine Sullivan, who is singing the national anthem, has hit the under in her last two performances of the national anthem. Yeah. So yeah, I, it is. Easy. It's going to be short. It's going to be sweet. It is going to. Get whatever crowd is there into the game, and it is just—it's going to be perfect. Plus, that's easy money. I mean, you hold that timer. You want—it's so much more fun to bet the under on that because you don't want them drawing out notes and everything. You want to—you want to hit that under. Uh, so I have that, and then the last one I've got is uh, halftime show with the weekend. I've got first song, Starboy, okay. plus nine hundred, plus nine. I don't think he's coming out with blinding lights. I think that's got to be the closing song. Um, in my experience, I feel like the, the most popular one's usually the closing one. And then um, the other one, like I can't feel my face, or I forget some other. But Starboy, I can see him coming out to that. So okay. plus nine hundred, why not? Um, do you have anything for heads or tails? I have, I have heads. I know oh, tails. You're tails. on tails. Okay, I know tails. a lot of the money is on tails. I have a parlay tails. with tails and Chiefs to win. It's like plus one fifty. It's great. Okay, all right. So I, he he's on tails. I'm on heads. Um, I have the last play of the game to be a quarterback. Neil, um, we already talked about the national anthem. Um, some of the props that. I saw elsewhere that I wanted to incorporate was that Jackson Mahomes will make over two and a half TikToks during the game. There will be at least one Joe Biden reference. And Wait, hold on, Mose. During the game, or like, like if he's making one in the in the in the press suite or in the, in his box suite before kickoff, does that count? It is during the duration of the game. So from five uh, to okay. eight, okay. halftime is included. Okay. Okay. Halftime. Halftime is included. I feel like I mean, there's make, probably a prophet that he shows up on the stage with weekend with the weekend. Honestly, whatever it is, I I think that he will he will be just absolutely pipelining TikTok in terms of his screen usage for the, <laughs> that's a great bet for, for the day. I, I love it. I I think that you know if you want to bet something that's it's just an atmospheric you know thing where it's about football but not really about football it makes you get yeah. into it a little bit more so um yeah. that's that's what i have i'm sure that we will be tweeting you guys uh we'll list out all of our props on twitter so you can you can kind of follow through we'll, we'll get that out probably on saturday so you'll have time to uh, saturday night if we find anything food. else if we find yeah. any other props we'll be tweeting those sunday before the game um I'd be interested to see if there's like a, you know, if we can work in any prop bets on commercials or anything like that. Or maybe it's not a prop bet, but you between you and me uh, personally. We'll- yeah, and also just a shame. Uh, I mean, I'll say it. The Budweiser, they're donating to COVID. Great. That's um, a good cause. But I, I love seeing my little Clydesdales on the screen during Sunday night. So they're not doing that this year. So Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you've seen it. I think it was a sneak peak of uh, Cheetos commercial with Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis. Oh, I haven't seen it. With uh, Shaggy, Shaggy P. Um, 
in the the song that the song that he wrote. Uh, I'll, okay. I'll send that to you after this. Uh, it's definitely a great watch. Um, okay. So that wraps up our NFL, our Super Bowl action slate of betting this week. We're gonna move on to the NBA. We're gonna recap a couple of our picks, some bad takes, what we're looking forward to this weekend. As always, we'll tweet out any of our picks um, for next Monday or throughout the week just to keep you guys informed since we only do tape on Friday afternoons. Um, So I got to go first. I was white hot in the NBA from Monday through Wednesday and Thursday night rolled around and well, part of Wednesday and Thursday rolled around and it just, what was your record Monday through Wednesday? We're talking like probably nine and one. I, I was Three and zero on Monday night and six and one on Tuesday. So I was nine and one. I was white hot, and you know what? I have a bone to pick with you, RJ Barrett. Your over under points was seventeen and a half. You finished with seventeen and two missed free throws. I get it. You know if he you, was terrible at Duke with free throws. If I you told put you. me at the line, I would definitely not make the first. I would definitely make the second. <laughs> But I would miss the first. So, RJ, I'm coming for you. All my player props are going to be solely on Julius Randle now. Lastly, the Mavs are so fucking bad. They are truly atrocious. They let the Golden State Warriors put up like a what? A 140 burger on them last night. Um, Luca, Kristaps, my money will be avoiding the city of Dallas from, from now on. Um, okay. Any anything that you'd like to add? I know that that was more of a pity party for me, but <laughs> didn't know if you'd want to. All enter. I'm gonna say is, and I've said this every week now, you guys need to ride me on these first half overs, especially when they're in the 112 to 114 range. I know I went one and two last Friday, but legitimately in the Bucks game, there was two minutes left in the second quarter, and they had 113, and they didn't score. Nobody scored, so I'm counting that as a win, even though technically it wasn't. But I mean it. <laughs> It's 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 an automatic range, um, and so so in that sense, I've got three for you uh, for tonight or two two tonight that I love first half overs. I'm telling you, it's the best way to bet the NBA because otherwise it's too unpredictable. Um, and then in terms of, of last week, started off slow, but I continued to do my like doesn't make sense pick right where I look at the spreads and I try and see one that I would say, oh, I'm definitely going to bet this side, and then I bet the complete opposite. And I've done that. Uh, won my last three last week doing that. Um, so basically, if you ever see on Twitter in our picks that I'm picking an NBA spread, it's it's that doesn't make sense uh, pick. So just keep that in mind when you're looking at our at our picks. Um, so so for picks for the week, I've got Utah and Charlotte tonight. First half over is 109, a little bit low. Um, I like Utah to carry that in the first half. I have OKC and Minnesota first half over 113. Anytime it's in that range, I'm hitting the over. And then Detroit Phoenix total game, 214. I'm hitting the under. I think both teams are going to struggle to score. Phoenix also screwed me on an over bet earlier, so, I, so I'm hammering the under on them. Yeah, no, I I completely see that. I was watching the Bucks pacers game. I had the total over for that uh, a couple nights ago. That hit. I mean, the Bucks put up 130 points easily. That was... And you had a crazy over with that Brooklyn game. Yeah, so for anyone that wasn't watching the... Uh, Clippers Nets game. Um, I had picked the over at 241 and a half, um, and it came down to free throws at the end. Uh, Nick Batum didn't even look like he wanted to make the free throw, and it hit the front of the rim and then bounced up and in. It was uh, truly a hectic night, but absolutely loved it. Um, so, can I just talk real quick about missing free throws? I, I played basketball in high school, not a big deal. I was a good athlete, but um. It's so easy to miss a free throw, but people try it in the worst way. They they throw a line drive at the rim, and then it can bounce anywhere. It can go up. It can go right in. All you do is you move two steps or three steps to the right and shoot a regular free throw. It, it's guaranteed to hit right off the right rim and, and cream to the right. Like it's like it's it's a lot. We did it in practice all the time when we tried to miss free throws. The NBA players are the worst at it. I've seen a couple now where it's been a disaster. Um, so just want to address that. We'll put that out on our Twitter. We'll see it. Maybe I'll at RJ Barrett and we'll see if uh, anything <laughs> yeah. changes yeah, exactly. in, uh, in a couple weeks. But my my picks for the week are I absolutely love the Pelicans. The Pacers got absolutely annihilated by the Bucks. 
um, the other day. The Pelicans have looked relatively strong lately. They're actually an underdog. So I have Pelicans plus one um, versus the Pacers. I have Zion over 23.5 points, and I have, excuse me, DeMontis Sabonis over 22.5 points. He's been slowly carrying the Pacers after Oladipo's left, so I really love Pelicans have bad defense, too. Yep, so I think I think that one's going to be a, a super high-scoring game. Um, next one is uh, Brooklyn Nets versus the Raptors. Um, they got the full squad playing tonight. I mean, they beat the Clippers. They're only four-and-a-half favorites against the Raptors. You know, I, I think that's an easy pick. Kyrie Irvin's been going off. I have him over 25-and-a-half points. Um, coming back to the Bucks, the Bucks versus the Cavs, t- over t- – 226. I think that easily hits. The Bucks have been pretty explosive lately. The Cavs have been pretty up and down. They've got a pretty porous defense. Um, then I got Bulls Magic. Uh, nothing in that game, but Thaddeus Young rebounds and assists over 10.5. He's been quietly averaging under a I don't even double. know who that is. So uh, no one does. No one does. I think he's like a first or second year player. He's quietly been averaging a dub- a, almost a triple double. In his last 10 games, I think rebounds plus assists over 10.5, easy. Lastly, Thunder versus the Wolves. You know how I am about the Wolves. They absolutely suck. Thunder plus one. Let's get it. We're headed to college hoops right now. I want to, uh, before that, I want to, what was the, um, who are the Nets playing? Uh, The Raptors. Okay, I want want Kyrie uh, over points, whatever Mo said. I want to add that to my card. All right, Uh, 25.5. Kyrie, well, Kyrie, Kyrie loves it, and we've talked about this, taking his own shots. He loves the jack-up shots against team when it's not that competitive of a game. I don't think it will be, so I think he takes 40 shots, scores 30 points, so add that to my card. All right, we'll, we'll, uh, I'll make a note. We'll add it down. We'll throw it in the Excel file. I'll write a couple formulas, and we'll be all good. But now we're on Beautiful. to college hoops. Um, this week, kind of been you know on the on the side on the back burner based on the Super Bowl and a lot that's been happening in the NBA. I know that you were on your road trip; you didn't get to partake in you know Super Saturday or anything like that. But um, you know, we put the poll out last night for our Twitter followers. Uh, seven of you, shout out to the seven that actually interacted with the poll uh, and selected Ohio State as the one that they thought would beat Iowa and they were correct. It was a close game. It was 88 to 85, but I think that now starts the the train and people are going to get on the bandwagon of saying Iowa isn't really as good as we thought they were in the beginning of the season. That doesn't mean that they still won't make the tournament and they'll go extremely far because they have Luca Garza, but Ohio State has now taken down Iowa and Wisconsin in the past couple weeks and I think that shows that they're able to potentially hang with the big dogs and, you know, should be considered a, a sneaky team to come out of the Big Ten. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw a stat that Ohio State's 4-0 in their last four games against top 10 teams. So so they can be big dogs, um, no no doubt about it. And in regards to Iowa, I think um, they're going to be really, really tricky to predict in the NCAA tournament because they can, they can score 90 to 100 at will, um, but they can also lose two in a row like they have. So who knows with them. In terms of hoops, I just I'm so out of touch. I was 0-4 on Saturday, like you said. I was driving, which is great, so I didn't have to watch any of the games and see how bad uh, I was on the on the betting. Um, I thought Iowa was going to win last night. I voted that in the poll. I was wrong. Um, I just hate the season. Duke lost to Miami on Monday, and I wanted to kill myself. So <laughs> that was good. Uh, I just one one note. Gonzaga was down in the second half last night and so still Pacific. won by Pacific. Yeah, but still one by 20. So I think it just, it's like I said, you know, they, they finally got pressured a little bit and they still show that they can beat anybody. I think it's Gonzaga and Baylor. Get your futures in on that as soon as you can because it's probably still plus money. But I just don't see any other teams besides them. We, we see, like, we see these teams lose to unranked teams by double digits. It happened to Houston. It happened to Villanova. Like, teams that we thought could challenge Gonzaga and Baylor, and they clearly can't. So it's like, I... I I I'd love to be that guy to be like, hey, I was the one that picked St. John's to, to cover plus 10, but I also picked the guy for Houston to win against Eastern Carolina. So, I mean, it's it's a give and take, and that moves us perfectly into, you know, our, our topic of it is that Villanova, in this week alone, Villanova, Houston, Creighton, Virginia Tech, Florida, Tennessee, and Oklahoma all lost this week, um, which Houston were, was 16 and a half point favorites mm-hmm. lost by 11. It's, it's, it's nuts. They were 16 and a half. Villanova was 10. Um, 
I think Florida was close to double digits. I mean, you know, so these upsets are, you know, I think it's great for the sport because it just makes March Madness so much more predictable uh, or unpredictable. Excuse me. Unpredictable. Yes. Unpredictable. I'm sorry. Um, In regards to our picks for the week, I wasn't seeing any lines that were posted for tomorrow. I checked earlier today, so we don't have anything for you right now. But as always, we'll take a look at the slate tomorrow morning when we wake up. First thing, we'll get the best time of the day. We'll get the we'll get the picks out out to you. Don't worry. There's a full slate of college basketball, so um, we'll take we'll take care of that tomorrow. But let's transition to our next segment, the the bottom line. So we got a couple hypotheticals questions um you know want to get our your input your takes your thoughts on a couple big headlines that happened this week so first off there's been a lot of trade rumors with quarterbacks we'll talk about matt stafford and jared goff later um but one of the headlines that i had seen was that for every week that deshaun doesn't get traded does his value go down and that you know kind of this aspect of time where if a trade isn't enacted you know relatively soon that buyers are going to get cold feet and potentially his value will go down on the market what are your what's your initial thought on that yeah it's hard to tell right if it's like uh if it's an arms race meaning like there's there's deals being made and it's just kind of a, a an auction now on who can make the best deal and in that case right his value is is going up and up as the team waits on on people to you know teams to compete with each other, but I don't I don't think his value is going down. I think particularly what helped was the Stafford trade, and, and something we'll get into. But like what the Rams gave up for that, right? Is and, and Stafford is on the tail end of his career. Like Houston's going to be asking for you know double that if if anything. So it's like it, I I think that helped him a lot to kind of set a benchmark in terms of a quarterback that can that can change your franchise. Um, so, so I don't, I don't think his value is going down and especially the, you know, the season's still going on. Um, and, and I, I think there's definitely still time. Um, the initial report was that the Dolphins, Jets and Carolina Panthers had kind of removed themselves from the rest of the group and kind of are the three teams that are super interested. I know we've talked about the Jets with Sam Darnold. I'm a huge fan of the Dolphins right now. I think that they yeah. have the draft capital to make it work. They would give a a starting quarterback, a first-round quarterback that they would be able to get in return. Sure, Tua might need a little bit of help, but you know, I I think that instead of maybe getting four first-round picks, the the Dolphins already have a first-round pick that they'd be able to give up this year. They'd get a stud of a quarterback. You know, I I think the Dolphins would um would be probably one of the best fits for him. But yeah, I think I think with the Dolphins, like, kind of like what you're saying, they they won't have to give up as much, right? Because they can maybe convince Houston that Tua is their answer, right? So, like, like they, they've got that starter, that top five, who's raw. Um, and, and I think that that'll help ease the burden of having to trade, you know, four first-round picks or something. So yeah. I, I think that for the Dolphins, it definitely is a, is a good possibility. Um, so, you know, one quarterback that we talked about earlier was Matt Stafford and the Jared Goff trade, which happened last Saturday. We were unable to talk about it in, our, in last week's podcast but i mean initial reactions thoughts for me is who won the trade if it's the lions the lions absolutely massacred the rams and sure the rams do get matt stafford and you know now they're kind of propelled into this you know win now scenario but i don't necessarily see it that way i mean matt stafford is good he is a good quarterback, but what he has lacked his entire career are weapons around him and un, you know a, a good running back and solid receivers. And yeah, I guess you could make the argument that he gets an upgrade with Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, but are they really that much better than Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones? And is well, one one thing I think is is also an upgrade in offensive coaching, right? So 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 McVay is going to be creative in the way that he uses them. I think in Detroit they've never been that focused on being you know um the you know at, at the forefront of offensive creativity i guess we'll say so I, I think i think in la he has a chance to kind of resurrect that that uh that talent because the talent's there he's been doing no look passes since you know mahomes was born so like the guy has the talent i think he has the ability um i think it's an upgrade for the rams right so i, I think he's better than golf 
I agree they gave up a little bit too much. They they don't have a first rounder for seven years. Yep. So uh, yep. So it's, I don't know how that. I mean, it's twenty twenty six. That's the first time that they yeah, they get their first yeah, rounder maybe, back. Yeah. So it's just it's it's insane, and and it goes exactly. I mean, I almost predicted it with McVeigh. Like that guy is just obsessed with the new toy. Anything he can, he can't have. He has no loyalty to his quarterbacks. He was into Wofford. I'm sure he might cut Wofford now that he has Stafford. Like the guy can't make up his mind. Um, but but with the Rams, like it's I don't know even if that move really puts them in guaranteed playoff position, which is weird with how much they gave Comple- up. Like completely agree. You still have the Seahawks. Yeah. You still have the Cardinals. You're you said it. You're in this meat grinder of a division. You know where the teams are good. The defenses are good. It's I I don't know. It's it's tough to see, but. I don't think it. I don't think it puts them in win now mode. Is I think the way to say it, right? Like I don't think it puts them in the elite division, uh, the elite teams of the NFC. And with what they gave up, it's like that. That's a move that you make to put yourself in win now mode. And I just don't think they have that. Well, moving on to our next um, question that we wanted to discuss. Bleach Report came out with some blockbuster trades that. Um, people would be interested in seeing uh, the four that I wanted to highlight were was OBJ to the Washington football team, JJ Watt to the Packers, Adam Thielen to the Dolphins, and Deshaun Watson to the 49ers. Uh, out of those, what trade would you be most interested in seeing and why? Deshaun Watson of the 49ers makes so much sense to me. I think it, Kyle Shanahan's the best offensive coach in the game. Uh, he led that 2016 Atlanta Falcons offense that I was talking about. Um, and, and I just think like he is at the forefront of all creativity. He was using motion before every team used it this year. Like that guy knows what he's doing. And with Watson, who's a dynamic playmaker in his prime, that would be a perfect fit. Um, and I think that would be a dominant move in NFC West and put them as the, as the number one team in that division. Um, the other one I would love is OBJ to Washington football team. Like I said, that that's a perfect team that needs a number one wide receiver that can have that alpha personality, needs a bit of swag on the offensive side. They've got it on the defense with Chase Young and that D-line, but uh, I think Ron Rivera would be really able to manage kind of that that personality, and I think that would be a great fit for him if completely, he would be willing. Completely agree. I mean, obviously, J.J. Watts, the Packers, would be, you know uh... – an absolute dream come true for me, but I do have to say that Deshaun Watson and the 49ers, that would just make that the NFC West just so unbearable, you know, not only internally for those teams, but for anyone traveling or trying to uh, yeah. playing non-conference or, you know, out of division games. I, I think that would just be um, a great trade. And then I would actually think that Jimmy G would go back to the Patriots with Bill Belichick and they, yeah. they would rekindle that. But, um, Anyway, let's move on to a little bit of the NBA now. Um, we talked about the Bucks pacers game um, a little bit earlier. Giannis was taking pictures um, in the blowout win. He had st- stolen, like, a cameraman's camera and was taking pictures. Um, you know, do you think that is a good move, bad move? You know, I, what, what, do you, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I like, I like that he's got the swag now. The, the only thing is, like, He's got to start backing it up in late-game situations. I, I still don't see him as a closer, and it's kind of the same discussion with LeBron before he was, like, with the Heat, was, like, can he close out games? Can he close out playoff games? And it's, like, once you have that, you can kind of get that swagger in the league. Um, I, I just don't know if Giannis has, like, the respect yet of, like, the whole NBA in terms of the players in there and, and kind of what he can do. So that, that's kind of my take on that. He, he's good, but, I mean, you know, this isn't some 15-game win streak that you guys are on. The, I mean, the right. Pel- the right. Pelicans the literally the Pelicans blew you guys out the other night. You shouldn't be taking pictures. You should be focused on the next game. You know, you're not – this isn't the All-Star game or All-Star weekend. I, I think I think it was a bad move, and he needs to be a little bit more focused. But um, yeah. sticking with the NBA, the – you know, I looked at the – Closest teams to, to playoff contention in the East and the West. Uh, you have the Knicks and the Raptors and the Rockets and the Warriors. Uh, pick your teams that will be making the playoffs out for each for the respective conference. Yeah, yeah, sure. I think the Knicks have a better chance because Thibs can can get them there. Like I, I think he coaches them so hard in the regular season and prepares them well for the playoffs. But there's also a con to that, and it's interesting. He hasn't changed his coaching style at all when he coached the Bulls. And that hurt that team so much. Like Butler, Jimmy Butler developed, but then he wanted to leave because he hated the rigorous like work that Tibbs put him through. 
and D Rose literally got his career screwed because his ACL was gone and they played him too hard. Like Tibbs plays these people in the regular season so many minutes, they log so many hard working minutes, then they have nothing left in the playoffs. Um, and and like Julius Randle and RJ Barrett, they're both in top ten again in minutes played. Like he has not changed his philosophy, and it's interesting to see. Like I think that'll get them to the playoffs, but they're going to be so burnt out, and I, I mean they might get they'll probably get swept by whoever is the one seed in the. Yeah, I completely agree. I think the the Knicks have it. I just you know question whether it's sustainable and whether or not they'll be able to actually you know string together a couple of late season wins or even a couple of postseason wins to get there. Uh, in terms of the Rockets right. and the Warriors, I love how the Rockets have been playing. We've, t- we've talked about it. It's just been Houston, Houston, Houston. But the Warriors are silently still there even though they've lost a couple big men. So I expect them to be um, – I expect the Rockets to be battling for the eighth seed and that the Warriors will actually pick up like the sixth or the seventh seed. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I'm high on the Warriors. I think they'll make the playoffs. They might not even make that play-in tournament. They might be a sixth seed, like you said. And the Rockets, they lost Christian Wood last night. I don't know for how long. That'll be tough. But, but yeah, I agree. Both teams are good. So, so let's move on to the MLB here. We didn't get a chance to touch on this. It was basically right after our podcast got released. But the Cardinals uh, finalized the trade for Nolan Arenado. Uh, very, very disappointing for Cubs fans. Um, just in terms of their, the Cardinals now are really the only team in the NL Central to make any sort of move. Um, do you think that gives them enough to contend? I absolutely do. I mean, they're looking at a shit show of a division. The the Brewers, the Cubs, the Reds, the Pirates, they're not going to be there. I, You know, as much as the Cubs might be a wild card team this year, I mean, you'd really have to twist my arm on it, especially with the Mets, the Phillies, the Braves, the Dodgers, the Padres. I, you know, it, I, I don't... They'd be lucky to be a wild card team. I think that the Cardinals will be matched up with. I I think the Cardinals are better than the Mets now. Excuse me, let yeah. me take that back. I I think that the Cardinals can contend with the Mets and can beat the Mets. Don't know if they can beat the Dodgers or the Padres yet, but I still think that they'll make a long run in um, you know mid to late October. Yeah, and it's like essentially this is exactly what Cubs fans wanted. Uh, the organization to do was to make a big move when no one else in the division was doing it. Uh, the Cardinals beat them to it. They also got rid of Fowler, which I thought was a great move to move up some cap space uh, or not cap space, but just free up some, some money to spend. Um, so, so yeah, I think it's a great move. I, I, I unfortunately think they're going to win the division pretty easily. Um, and then our last aspect of the major league baseball this week, um, Bleach Report came out with, uh, an article ranking the number one players to not win a world or the you know top players to not win a world series barry bonds is ranked number one what are your thoughts on that yeah so i actually didn't see the list um i, I think it makes sense but give give me some other names and i'll go quick um so there was ichiro vlad guerrero um okay. so okay. i mean um you know, I, yeah, I can... yeah, I, I like. I mean, Ichiro makes a lot of sense. I, I, it, it, it really goes back to our Cooperstown discussion, right? It's like, how much credit are you going to give Bonds for for his career? Um, basically, how many, how much, like, what is your morals? Uh, but I think, I think that that Bonds makes sense. I mean, the guy, the guy dominated. Pitchers were scared to pitch to him. He changed the game. So. I think I think it's fair to put him number one. Um, for for anyone else that's really interested on the list, there is Trevor Hoffman. Um, there's Don Sutton, Edgar Martinez. Um, I think Tony Gwynn was on there. Craig Biggio. Um, so good I, players. So I mean, there's there's a bunch of good players. Fergie Jenkins is on there. Jeff Bagwell, Don Mattingly, Ron Santo. So I mean, you know, the, Carlton Fisk. I you know, it can go on and on here. But there is a right. lot of players. They had ranked Barry Bonds first. You know, wanted to get your opinion on that. But um, now to our next segment: assets and liabilities. The players we have for you this week are Julius Randle, Lamelo Ball, Dexter Fowler, and Nelson Cruz. Want to get your takes on who is an asset, who is a liability? Go. Yeah, I think uh, Nelson Cruz is still a great asset. The guy, I looked him up, he got top 10 MVP votes in five out of the last seven seasons. So, like, as he's aging, he's getting better and better. And, like, are we going to keep betting against him just because he's getting older? Like, until I see it, the guy's dominating the league still. And with the Twins, you know, they just mash homers. So, like, he fits perfectly in that lineup. And then Lamelo on the opposite end, still unproven, still very young, um, and and I think he does have to earn that kind of wildness that he plays with in the league. Um, but like I saw a clip last night, 
they were down six points with 10 seconds left. He stole the ball uh, when they were just dribbling out the ball. He stole the ball and jacked up a three, made it, and then it was a tight game again. So, like, the guy has the potential. He's got the IQ. And then if people kind of respect that wildness he plays with, I think he can definitely be an asset. Yeah, I mean, I've talked about it. I, you know, I'm super in on Julius Randle this year. Everything that was on R.J. Barrett has now just shifted over to Julius Randle. Um, to your point, I do think Lamelo is still unproven, and a lot of people have talked about him for Rookie of the Year. But Tyrese Halliburton on the Kings should be heavily considered in in the Rookie of the Year conversation. Um, yep. You know, moving to Dexter Fowler and Nelson Cruz. Fowler is still a career 250 hitter. I know he's a good outfielder. He's someone that you can put out there um, with Mike Trout. He's been to a couple World Series. He's been to the playoffs. I mean, if you really want some of that veteran presence, I get it. I love that they're all reuniting with John Madden in right. um, in Anaheim. But John I don't Madden, s- not the football player. Excuse but me. Yeah. Yes, I'm sorry. Um, uh, this Lagunitas yeah, no, I, I, IPA I is hitting relatively hard. <laughs> no, no, I, I agree. And I, I looked it up because I remember his Cubs year, 2016, final year on the team. He was great, got on base for us, did what he needed to do. His last three years with the Cardinals, his offensive war was under one or negative, which is which is not good. Essentially saying a replacement player would have been better than him. Um so I, I get with the reunite, you know, reuniting with Joe Madden, probably leading off. His on base percentage is still in the three hundreds, three fifty last year. So like, if that guy can get on base, that's exactly what Trout needs, right? His people on base to protect him. So um, I, I think it, I think it can be a good fit, but I, I do think his best days are behind him. Yeah, absolutely. Moving on, let's make a deal. Um, some of your best and worst free agent or trade um, of the week. What what have you seen? What have you really liked? What have you disliked? Yeah, so the, the, the Arenado deal, we touched on it. I think that was a great deal uh, for the Cardinals. Um, generational guy, I think he'll fit into that culture very well. And obviously, just compared, you know, relative to the NL Central, that was that was one of the best deals. Um, that, and it'll really differentiate them. Worst deal for me was JT Real Muto. I'm not, I'm not buying the hype. And like with catchers, there's always that generational catcher that comes out with this huge deal it doesn't really pan out like Joe Maurer with the Twins signed a huge deal. He wasn't that great after and moved to first base. Like Brian McCann with the Braves was a great catcher, went to the Yankees. They paid him a ton of money, and he wasn't great. Like I, JT I, got $115 million over five years? So, yeah, five one twenty five maybe, okay. I think. And it's like it's a, he, he said, you know, I want to raise the bar for catchers, which good for him on doing that. It makes me very nervous for Wilson Contreras when the Cubs have to deal with that. Uh, because I, I honestly think Contreras is of a similar level, so not, and I not think too he's happy. younger. Yeah, I'm not too happy about that that free agent deal. Um, you know, in all facets of it, I loved Chris Archer going back to the Rays. the The Rays had a had a yep. gap in their rotation, um, and Chris Archer going back there, I absolutely love it. He's he's a great pitcher. His stats have been um, skewed playing in the NL Central. Um, with not a lot of you know defense or a lot of help behind him, I think that he goes back to the Rays and performs really, really well. He might honestly be a comeback player of the year candidate. Yeah, um, no doubt. So I absolutely love that. Moving on to our cookie jar segment, uh, most misleading performance of the week and why? Yeah, so I, I was going through college basketball this week because I was like, dang, there were a lot of upsets. Like I'm sure one of those was misleading. And then I touched on this earlier, like, if you look back on it, none of it is that surprising. Like, I was like, wow, Villanova lost by 11 to St. John's. Like, Houston lost, and we all thought they could challenge Gonzaga and, and Baylor. But, like, I just I want to reiterate my take of, like, college basketball. None of it should be misleading. Unless Baylor or Gonzaga lose, like, everything should be expected. Nothing should be surprising in this league this year. So, um, I, I guess this whole week, you know, people were wondering if, if this was kind of a sign. I don't think it is. I, I think it's just a con- uh, you know, continuing this normalcy of these these high-ranked teams losing to unranked teams by a lot. Yeah, I, I totally agree. The one that I have is the, the Nets versus the Wizards. That was an atrocious game from the Nets. Uh, if anyone didn't see it, the Wizards scored, what, like eight points in approximately like 15 or 20 seconds. Um, yeah, it's up in our next segment. I'm talking about it. Yeah, so... Uh, I, I think that is just it, it was a bad performance by by the Nets. They're obviously clearly one of the front runners in the East. I you know they've got back on track by beating the Clippers. You know I think they um, get back to their form and they, they start winning and they string a lot more games together. Um, yeah, I agree. 
One of our last segments of the week are bulls and bears. What are we the most optimistic? What are we the most pessimistic about? What are you the most optimistic about this week? So, so going off what you said, two times this week now, and, and I forget the exact stat, but it was like nine teams in the last five seasons have won when maybe when they're like down six with 10 seconds left in the NBA. One of the things I hate about the NBA is they stop trying. And the coolest thing I saw was Dame against the Bulls, two three-pointers in a row to win, Dame time. And then the Wizards actually tried at the end of that game. Beal hit a three. They full-court pressed. They got the turnover, and they nailed another three. Like, with the athleticism in the NBA, it surprised me that they don't, at the end of the game, full-court press. Like, it's still – people still get nervous in the backcourt. That could, you could create a lot of turnovers, especially with all the athleticism you have on, on, the, on the court. So I would love to see that more. Like, I just feel like those comebacks are so entertaining to watch. And uh, hopefully it continues through the season since people have, have seen two examples now. Yeah, so, I mean, the most optimistic thing I have to say is the NCAA football com- coming back. I, I, think, I think that was just absolutely huge. That was a huge burden off of our back. I mean, I still have NCAA 11 with Tim Tebow on the cover. I'm, for playing, the- I'm playing NCAA 11 right now here in Florida. It's yeah, great. no, it's, it's unreal. I, I think it's huge. It's going to be this cash cow for EA Sports. Um, so I absolutely love that. The most pessimistic thing, uh, it's the Nets defense. They really need to step it up. It's porous. It's uh, it's pretty bad. But um, let's move on. Ride the bus. Uh, I, I'm going to have it as I, I forgot to input it, but mine's a Super Bowl edition. So um, our favorite over-under, our favorite spread, our favorite money line. Um, I'll start off with you. Uh, your favorite over under go yeah Detroit Phoenix tonight I uh, I had said it I had said it earlier in our NBA segment but again Phoenix screwed me um, on, the, on the last time I hit it over so now obviously I'm gonna hit them under I'm taking that under 214 all right awesome moving on your favorite spread what is it yeah so I see Oklahoma State and Texas tomorrow are playing like we said we don't have lines yet for that basketball game but I'm taking Oklahoma State they're playing at home they played Baylor tough in the first half I think they I think they hang with Texas for longer and maybe even pull out a, a victory. All right, we'll put that in uh, on your card when the lines come out tomorrow. I'll be sure of it. Um, yep. Lastly, favorite money line, go. Yeah, so I've actually been pretty successful in the NHL recently. I had a nice little five-leg parlay uh, for the Taco Tuesday parlay for those following on Twitter. So for my money line tonight, I'm taking Boston against Philly uh, in the NHL. All right, awesome. So that rounds out. Uh, Austin number one's uh, ride the bus segment. Now we're going to turn it over to myself. Yeah. All right. So Super Bowl edition. I don't know if I have yours down here, Mose. I don't know if you put no, it. No, I, I, for, I forgot to put them in. That was uh, all right, that's, so that's your, my bad. Favorite so my favorite over? over under. I have to say, I'm going the under on the Super Bowl. I've, you know, it, it doesn't make sense. But you know what? Sometimes betting doesn't have to make sense. You just have a gut feeling about it. I'm taking the under, uh, under fifty five and a half for the Super Bowl. Okay, spread Chiefs minus three and a half. Uh, obviously, you said before, but but give some give us some more detail. Uh, Bucks, no Bucks plus three and a half. The, oh, right, right, right. I was just saying that. Yeah, it's, it's right. Chiefs yes, minus, yeah, I'm yeah, taking the yeah. Bucks plus three and a half. I absolutely love it. No questions asked. I'm you know shiver me timbers, walk the plank, whatever it is. I'm riding with the Bucks this week. Okay, so I'm putting you on the spot and set a money line. Then fit your favorite prop parlay for the Super Bowl. Oh, what my favorite pop, prop parlay is it's got to be. Gronk over 30 and a half receiving yards. Gronk anytime touchdown scorer and okay. Leonard Fournette anytime touchdown scorer. I think Play those Lenny. I think those three are absolutely killer. I think Leonard Fournette is an anytime touchdown scorer plus 120. I think that's great value. It's free money. You know, you'd be dumb to not to take it. Um so that that though, that's our ride the bus segment. We're going to round it out. Happy trails to Dustin Pedroia. He finally retired this week. Uh, man had an incredibly successful MLB career. Um, hope he enjoys retirement. Then we have Jose Canseco versus intern Billy from the Barstool Sports. Um, intern, yeah. they're fighting on rough and rowdy. I really don't understand it, but if you're really into, you know, grown men that really think they're alpha males beating each other up then definitely got to tune in um, i'm absolutely i'm absolutely buying that one tonight i never really watch it but i'm buying it tonight uh jose canseco looked scary in his way in last night so i'm a little concerned for billy uh, but also i i uh, I'm, I'm rooting for him so definitely gonna buy it tonight and then just one thing on dustin pedroyer i honestly thought he retired five years ago um, but but truly was a household name growing up. To, so sad to see him go. And his early success of MVP, World Series winner, it really reminds me of Chris Chris Bryant's career path. Um, and and so hopefully 
hopefully he can tell kind of follow the same thing. But hopefully, and, hopefully and, he takes yeah, off. Go ahead. Um, yeah. Lastly, we have Chris Jones and his superstitions. ESPN came out with an article that he had asked last year uh, Steve Spagnola's wife to uh, cook him meatballs, or they had made meatballs before the Super Bowl. He ate them. He brought the coach aside in practice, asked him if he could ask his wife to make the meatballs again. She's making the meatballs. We'll see if they actually make a difference. Um, and lastly, idea. <laughs> lastly, um, uh, you know, if you want a feel-good story, I saw this thing about the 1911 Wyoming Prison Baseball League, where they were a bunch of convicted, hardcore convicted felons that were, uh, you know, in a penitentiary, and they were playing. Basically, it's the longest yard, but the baseball edition, and. So many people from the town were gambling addicts that they had placed bets on the convicts to win that the convict's sentences were reduced. They were allowed to leave and go. They were allowed to wear civilian clothes. It was this unreal feel-good story of, you know, this comeback and prisoners, you know, righting their wrongs and everything like that. So uh, there's a book about it. We can tweet that out to you guys. But um, little feel-good story for Friday afternoon. Yep, absolutely. We got our Friday beers here. That rounds out this week's segment of two guys one book he's austin i'm austin i hope you have wonderful weekend and we'll be tweeting at you guys live this weekend with the rest of our picks and hopefully the buccaneers can take home the super bowl this week but um with that with that i'll i'll uh wish you guys farewell and uh happy friday